Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. So as a parent, one of the things you always want, for the most part, is the best for your children. And it doesn't matter who they are or how they show up in life, that never, ever, ever goes away for most parents. But then sometimes as a parent, you get thrown some curveballs. Is that you? Are you one of those parents? Or maybe you had a parent who got thrown the curveball because you happen to be gay, lesbian, bi, trans, gender nonconforming, whatever it might be. And I felt like this was a great precursor to Pride Month. We are coming up on it very quickly here in just a few weeks. We're going to be right in the heart of Pride. And I thought, why not kick off with some pre-shows that really get us ready to have the conversations we need to be having about accepting your kid just as they are. And my guest today is a parent. He's a fellow speaker. He's a guy that I've had the pleasure of working with over the last couple of years. And when he shared his story with me, I thought, you know what? Zach would be a perfect person to have on the podcast as we head into Pride Month to share his story, what he's learned as a parent, how he's embraced his kids and the trials and the challenges and the joys and all that that come along with being a parent of a LGBTQ on and on and on through the alphabet of a child who says, I just want to be myself. So welcome to the podcast, Zach. I'm so happy to have you here, buddy. Good to be here, Rick. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Of course. So um, he's also a pretty amazing sales guy. Just want, just kind of want you to know that. So if you, if you want some advice from Zach on selling and getting yourself out there in the world and literally traveling the world and doing the thing you do, he's definitely one of those guys too. But um, it's kind of interesting, Zach, because when you really think about it, when somebody comes out of the closet, regardless of whether they're gay, lesbian, bi, not, you know, gender nonconforming, non-binary, whatever it is, it's actually a sales job to share that with somebody. Yes. Yeah, you're you know? trying. Well, and it shouldn't. I mean, I'd hate. I'd like to say it shouldn't be, right? Because it should be. And I'll sort of. I don't want to skip ahead, but with my daughter, it was more. You know, it was just like a statement of fact, and then okay, yeah. right? And, and that's the way the world should work, right? right? And and the whole idea that you have to sell your. I mean. The, the whole idea that you have to sell your parents on the idea that they should accept you the way you are, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly, sucks. exactly. Or that you should sell your, you know, now we don't see it, but you're old enough and I'm old enough to remember it, but the idea that you should sell your boss on not firing you, right? Exactly. You shouldn't have to sell, you know, you shouldn't have to sell that people will accept you for who you are on something that doesn't affect performance and, and really is just about who you are. Right. So, right. Well, and it doesn't even, it's a sales job, but I, I think you're right. You do have to be able to present this, but, but it, you shouldn't have to, you know, no, you shouldn't have to sell something. That's just about you being yourself in the world. Yet. It's so interesting that so many people are like, well, you know, it's affecting my life. How does it affect my life? And, the, you know and, 
That's yeah. the, the amazing thing to me. It's like for most people, it's like, okay, unless you're the parent or, you know, related or I don't know, even then it's like, how does me being gay truly impact my parents? Yes. Okay. Maybe it changed exactly. their, their view of what they thought that, that my life would look like, but in the bigger picture, everybody else, I just want to sometimes say pound sand. <laughs> how does me yeah. crawling in bed with my husband and I affect the rest of the world? And well, if you're that yeah. obs- if you're that obsessed about me and my husband, then you, you need to go get a life, you know. So. Yeah, and and I like so I, I'll say that we're we're sort of jumping through the narrative here, but I'll say that in the beginning with my eldest child, it was really yeah, it was just like that. I was like, well, how does this impact me? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know. So why should I care? And then the other thing is, I find myself as a as a gener as a representative of my generation uh, you know I'm, i was born in 67 you're always sort of, you know you're you're faced with young people who for instance you can't really tell what their gender is mm-hmm. or you can't really tell what their orientation is and it took me a while but i was like well why does it impact why do i need to know what their plumbing is right why do i exactly. need to know what they do what they do it you know, in their private time, right? How does that impact me? Now, obviously we're curious and we have this tendency to try and categorize people. But if you can put it, as, you have to be able to put it aside, right? It's none of my business. Right. And that's the thing, it doesn't impact me. And, um, and I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing as a parent that you have to get is, well, how does this impact me and how does that not impact me, right? So, you know, with my kid, I was like, well, you are obviously not going to school in Alabama, right? As long, right. As, as, long as you're safe, it doesn't impact me, right? Right. You know, if you're going to, if, if, if you are going to put yourself in harm's way, then I'm going to worry about that. But yep. nowadays, and when we were kids, right, you know, you would say, oh, oh boy, you're gay. Well, you're not going to be able to get a good job. You're not going to be able to have kids, right? You know, all these things. Now, that isn't the case, right? You go, okay, mm-hmm. you're you're gay. You can have kids. You can have a good job, right? I know, right. I know lawyers uh, who are who, who are gay, doctors who are gay, right? So you're like, well, this isn't, you know, you can make a living. You can have yep. a family. So what does it impact me, right? You right. know, I'm gonna hopefully I'm gonna have grandkids, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, hopefully my kid will be able to make a good living and hopefully my kid will be happy and won't get, you know, won't be in harm's way. Right. And as long as that's the case, doesn't impact me at all, right? Exactly. And, and, and that's the key, you know, I think it's when we start to talk and we're gonna start, you know, as you said, diving into the narrative here in a moment. But when you really step back and I went through this and mm. I've told this story a little bit, a few times on this podcast that, you know, when my daughters were trying to figure themselves out, oh, I was just like fit to be tied. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> now, the interesting piece to that whole story was the reason I was so wigged out was because all I could hear in my mind was what my parents said to me about, you're just going to ruin your daughter's lives. You're going to turn them yeah. gay. And, <laughs> and I'm like, it had nothing to do with my kid. Right. Because right. I could care less. But what was going on in my mind was I, like most parents, had created this story of this is what they're going to be and this is how they're going to show up. And and it was so interesting. And now, you know, as those who've listened to this podcast over the years, but I think, you know, it's good to bring it up again. The incident with my oldest daughter was my first story in the Huffington Post, too, about how I had the freak out moment. And then I'm like, 
got kicked in the ass by my kid by like, you should be the one who most understands what I'm going through and da da da. And it was a beautiful space. And yeah, you know, Look, we, she's, I, I think it's wonderful when we learn from our kids. I know? agree. I agree a hundred percent. So let's open up the, the curtain, so to speak to, you know, it's not just a single child in your world. You have a couple of kids that are playing in this arena of LGBTQIA nonconforming, all this sort of stuff. So, um, what was it like when your first child started to have the conversations with you? So I guess, um, I guess there were, you know, signs that I missed because who the hell is looking for them, right? With my eldest child. And um, to some extent, it was sort of like one day right before their birthday. And mm -hmm. I want to say it was their 14th birthday. Yeah, their 14th birthday, like the day before their 14th birthday or something like that, they basically came and said, you know, uh, they had a card that they had written and it said something like, congratulations, uh, you're the parents of a non-binary child or something like that, right? And I was sort of like, well, what the hell does this mean? You know, it wasn't like I was, I was mad or disappointed or upset. I was, I was confused because at that point of my life, I knew what gay was. I knew variations of the LGBT spectrum, I guess, but I had no idea what this meant. And so I was like, okay, so let's figure this out. And, you know, and, and again, what, what do you go back to as a parent? You're like, well, can you live a good life this way? Can you make a living? Are you going to be healthy, right? Or are you going to be safe? So we talked this through and it took me a while. And to be very frank, I, I, um, I went to therapy because uh, I'm not adverse to therapy, but I wasn't in therapy at the time. But I, I thought, okay, I probably should be talking to somebody about this. Um, and we just more to understand what was going on rather than, you know, it wasn't like, oh, this is a tragedy. It was more like, well, I don't know what this means, right? And I don't mm -hmm. know what this means to me. And I don't, and um, so that was, and it was impactful to the family because, um, you know, we, are, we chose to live in a very, very blue bubble, right? So mm -hmm. it's not like, well, we have to move someplace so our child is safer or anything like that. We're very comfortable where we are, you know, right. we didn't have to do anything like that. But how does this impact us with school? Do we have to do something with school? Do we have to, you know, what do we have to do? And, and what are the medical implications? Um, you know, so there were all sorts of things to deal with. And, you know, again, to keep this sort of, you know, not, not to be self-centered, but I think the whole idea of being on a podcast like this as a parent to sort of talk about my story. Exactly. I'm sure you've heard a lot of stories like my child's, but um, like from my perspective, I'm like, well, how do I understand this? Right. And, and the, like, you know, sort of to show you how clueless it was at the beginning, I was like, well, who do you want to sleep with? Right. Because right. in our generation, gay was all about who do you want to have sex with yep. and gender isn't necessarily about that right yep. and my child would say well it doesn't really matter does it and I'm like no it does isn't that the whole thing like who do you want to sleep with I don't understand who who, who, who do you want to sleep with right because right? <laughs> that's what I was trying to understand <clears throat> 
And, you know, it took me a while to figure this out. We did a lot of reading. My wife pulled up some articles and I pulled up some articles and we've, we've read a crap load of stuff by now. Yep. And, you know, the, I don't want to say that um, we had it easier than other people or, but, um, you know, my child is very much non-binary. So it's not like the whole world changed and, you know, there, there's some, some, you know, medical things, but not any, not surgery and not, it was relatively, I mean, again, it, it, it was relatively easy transition to go through as a family and, and for me and for my child. And, um, you know, so, so things went pretty smoothly and, and things are good for my kid. And, and, you know, I know they had a hard couple of years at different points with their identity and figuring things out. And I, and I'll be, I don't think at uh, 19, they figured everything out. And right. Most people at 19 haven't figured everything out. And um, I think they're pretty happy with their identity and we've done everything we can possibly to support them. And, uh, you know, that's sort of the way it is. And then four or five years later, five, four or five years later, uh, one of my daughters, you know, so th- th- this was a big thing. This was like a big thing that, you know, impacted things and, you know, I went to therapy and other people went to therapy and doctors and all sorts right. of discussions. Sure. And then three, four years later, we're driving in the car and one of my daughters from the back seat says, Hey, by the way, parents, I'm gay. And we're like, cool. Do you want to go out for ice cream? I mean, like, like it was sort <laughs> of like a non-event at that point. Right. And, um, and then it's sort of like, well, okay this doesn't impact me in the least. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. like in today's world being lesbian, you know, that's like, well, in, in the world I live in, I mean, again, don't move to Alabama. Right. But you know, if you're staying in the Chicago suburbs, I think we're, we're cool. So yeah, you know, and that's about it. And we, was there a moment though, when, when your daughter who came out as lesbian and your child, who's, non-binary was there any moment where the older child felt like well they sure went through that a lot easier <laughs> I'd, I'd have to ask them I, I i don't know i think um i think my guess child- zach is actually probably not only because yeah. and and you know i'm making an assumption here but i've been on so many panels in throughout my career talking on this stuff where most of the time the child's like well, about time, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, and, and they do, I think when it, when it is the f- first one, I've, I've, I've been in several conversations with, in fact, um, I just was talking to another podcast guest a couple of weeks ago and three kids in the family and every one of them is somewhere in the LGBTQ space, yeah. you know, and-, and the first one was a biggie, like, okay, well, and then the others were like, well, at least you opened the door for me now. <laughs> Let's kick that door on open, right? So, and, and I'll tell you what, and this is an entirely unscientific way of looking at it, but I sort of look at it and I go, okay, throughout the years, there have always been these, you know, families that say, well, we had that crazy aunt that we kept locked in the attic 
or there was that, you know, that guy who the, everybody talked about and we, you know, we don't like to talk about him right. or stuff like that. There, you know, this didn't appear, this generation. This became normalized so mm -hmm. that people can live a normal, you know, you don't say, oh, you know what, my daughter's lesbian, fine, I'm just going to lock her in the attic until she dies, right? You don't do that anymore, right? Right. And well, some uh, places they still do, but you know, yes, again, yeah, we won't, we won't, don't, we don't won't. move to Alabama, but right. but you know, it's like, um, if you're dealing with like where I am, and, and I say to people, you know, again, I talk to people from other parts of the country who are more conservative, and I say, look, in my town, nobody runs away from home, mm -hmm. nobody, you know, uh, I'm not going to say there isn't suicide, but 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 the kids are a lot happier because they know that they are going to be loved you know you, there's virtually nothing you could say that doesn't harm other people that you won't be loved by the community where i live right and if you know that you can come out and you can say hey i'm you know i'm gay i'm non-binary i i want to change my gender any or you know anything like that if you know that you can say that and you're going to be loved by your family and your community there's no reason for you to, to run away from home and live on the streets of New York, right? Right. And that's, that's the way it is. So I think, you know, would, again, you could basically say, well, in the big scheme of things, would you rather have a kid who is just like you and your little, you know, mini me and all of this? I'm not, I'm not even sure I'd say yes to that. But, but obviously, when you're first a parent, that's sort of what you're thinking, right? Right. But then you say, but my kid's healthy and happy and, and is going to live a good life. And so really, like, what more do you want for your kid? You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you think that's something you have learned most as a parent through all of this? Uh, <laughs> just being a parent. I know it's probably not just one singular thing. I know well, that. You know what? I think the biggest thing is you don't have control over who you, I mean you can control whether your kid is a good person. You can control whether your kid is a hard worker. You can control whether your kid, there are a lot of things you can control. Right. Right. Um, and, and look, I, you know, I, I, again, I started off by thinking, ah, you know what, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to, the things that I did, my kid is going to do the same things, but slightly better, right? This is a great opportunity. I'm going to start my kids off younger and I'm going to give them better, you know, and I pushed them in a certain direction. Now I didn't push them crazy hard, but I did push them in a certain direction. And essentially none of my kids wanted to do virtually anything that I wanted to do. Right. And that's fine. And, he, and the earlier you accept that, <laughs> I think the better parent you are, right? I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. It's so, so interesting to be on your own agenda versus on their agenda. Yeah. Know? So you basically, you accept that you understand that you accept that and, and you become a better, just by accepting that you become a better parent pretty much. Right. Right. And, and that's probably the biggest thing I learned. And um, you know, you can't, I think if you're a reasonable parent, you know, you shouldn't live vicariously through your kids, but I think most parents try to, to some extent or another, right? They might realize they're screwed. They, they shouldn't, but they try to. And um, let it, the earlier you let go of that, the better it is for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you think about your kids now and where they are in their journey, 
what advice would you give a parent who may be coming up against this? Because not that any of us as parents, like, okay, we're finally done. I mean, mine are 21 and just turned 26. I'm like, okay, we're the, you know, but then there's new stuff that shows up. But I, I know for me, there were some milestones when my daughters were exploring who they were. And I know even after the blow up moment with my kid and like freaking out and everything, one of the things I know I learned most to share with other parents is put yourself back in your teen life. <laughs> Put yourself yeah. right back there, you know? Yeah. You know what? Here's the problem. Anybody listening to your podcast, I'm not sure I have anything to tell them, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I tell, like the people I know, I say to them, don't, you know, God, God isn't going to hate your kid because what they want to, you know, who they want to sleep with or what they want their plumbing to look like, right? Right. Forget it. Don't, don't worry about God, worry about your kid's happiness. Mm -hmm. But the, those people aren't listening to your, to your podcast, right? No, but so, there, there are some there, you'd be surprised how many people do discover this podcast looking for answers. And, yeah. and so those kind of messages are really strong. I was interviewing a friend of mine who has a book that's just coming out, um, you know, raising LGBTQ allies. And it's, a, it's kind of that parents allies guide to like, how do you do this and change the messages from the playground. And I mean, he's been on the podcast a couple of times and, you know, he and I were having that conversation before we started recording. And I said, the thing is, is wherever we can get the message out, we're going to get the message out, you right. know, because yeah. you're right. There's going to be those who are just absolutely, no matter what you, <laughs> no matter what you do, they're not going to be coming and trying to listen because right. they, they don't have the desire to open the mind. Right. And they have their view of the world and that's their view of the world. And this is how they're going to show up. And, and, you know, I can't even say God bless them because, you know, it's like, I, I just can't endorse that. But right. it is an interesting thing with parents to just embrace your kid for who they are. And yeah. that's on so many levels. It's not and just I'll on their sexuality. What, that doesn't mean, look, and here's the thing. And I, I don't take this the wrong way and I don't mean to misstep, but like if your kid is torturing cats, don't accept that for who they are. Take them to a shrink, right? Right. But if your kid is questioning their gender identity, that's a totally different damn thing, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. embrace that, right? Yep. Uh, and there's, you are not, you know, and you're, you and I are old enough to remember this, right? Because I don't know if it happened to you, but I know people who they expressed a little bit of, of their gender identity or their sexual identity. And somebody said, hey, we're, we're going to send you to a camp in Utah for this, right? Because yep. we can't let yep. them, you know. We're, for your own sake, we're going to let, you know, people bully you and, and, and make you conform into something you're not because that's, that's for your own good. Right. Right. And that is not healthy. That doesn't mm -hmm. do anybody any good. And I'll tell you what, like, you, you know, we, I had a friend in high school whose dad uh, came out of the closet probably at 40, 45 after having two kids mm -hmm. and it, it, it ruined you know it ruined his wife's life right he met you know look here's the deal no judgments involved but he married a girl that he knew he could wouldn't notice he was gay so that he could have his own life and he did it because he had no other options right this was out on the in the late 50s 
this shouldn't happen anymore. And nowadays it, it, in places like where I live and I think where you live, it doesn't happen anymore. Right. But Oh, it still happens. It's, it's amazing. I'm still shocked Zach at how much, it, I mean, I wouldn't be, yeah. I wouldn't be in business if it wasn't still happening, but here's the okay. interesting piece. Mm-hmm. It's, it's obviously happening less frequently. Number one, right. number two, it's happening the age at which people are coming out later in life is coming, it's, it's coming down. So, you know, it's not, yes, there's still guys. I mean, I, I wouldn't have coaching clients if they weren't still doing it, but I I can tell you by watching over the last like five years, the average age of guys that are coming to work with me has come down from as old as sixties we're much more playing in the 35 to 45 year old range. And even then it's coming down. You know, there's some people that are like, you know, I'm in my early thirties and I've only been married a couple of years. I know I in fact, one guy that I just recently had some really amazing interactions with online and sending my book and everything. And he's 31. He's been married three years. And, you know, does that make it any easier? No, but at least the tentacles of the life that right. you stepped into. And it is sad because this is, this is to me, when you talk about your, your child, who's, you know, non-binary and gender non-conforming, all this sort of stuff, it's a very much a, it's a small group within the LGBTQ community right. that doesn't get a lot of quote, what I'm going to call respect. Right. A very similar thing happens with the LGBTQ individuals who come out later in life. Everybody thinks it's a young person's game and it's not, Right. it's not. Thank God it is shifting. I think as the more acceptance happens, except if, like you said, unless you live in Alabama, um, more people are like, okay, I don't need to do this. And, you know, I would love it if I had a magic potion, which really the magic potion is acceptance. It's like acceptance and no longer forcing people into, and you're right, in the sixties, you know, I was born in 63. This was like, I mean, I remember sitting at family events and my uncle and his partner being there and they were the butt of all the jokes. Really? How old were you then? I mean, that's really unusual. Yeah, I I, well, I was born in 63. So I remember at five, four, five, six, seven, eight, all up into that. Yeah, because I don't remember anybody living out of like living, living openly mm -hmm. in until I was a teenager. Oh yeah. No, all through the late sixties and seventies. I mean, they were an active part of our family. Now they lived in San Francisco. So they were right right in the heart of everything. Uh, My uncle was friends with Harvey milk. So, you know, right in the heart of it. Um, He, my uncle and his partner owned a couple of really amazing restaurants in San Francisco. And they were, they were what I would consider in this day, they were the A-list gays, so to speak. Right. Um, right. They did like uh, mayor, of course, I'm going to forget his name, Aliotto or whatever his name was. They, they did his daughter's wedding. So they were, you know, they were, no, they weren't a celebrities, but they were very well known in the community. Right. And it was such an interesting thing to observe as a, young gay man who didn't really yeah. know what was going on with me to watch them and go, Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, but then to hear as soon as they'd walk out of the room, you know, Everybody we had a big family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody started talking about, I mean, we're talking, there were seven kids in my dad's family. And so when we all got together between seven kids and all the grandkids, I mean, it took a community hall for us to celebrate Christmases and Thanksgivings and all that. 
but to just see how that evolved. And now going through my own experience of coming out at 36 to go, if I could have just overlaid the knowledge I had in the sixties to what I know now, how many different people's lives would have not been impacted so negatively, not just, not just the, I'm not talking just the person who's coming out because I'm a huge advocate, even though there were times that I was an asshole too, but I'm a big advocate. If you can't do this with dignity and respect, you're not going to be my client. I won't work with you. Right. You, you, because the person who, you know, stepped into your world with you and I didn't, I didn't step into the world with my wife. Like, okay, I can get away with this. I did love her. I, I cared about her. I never had the sexual thing. Wasn't a big issue. I just never was like super connected, but I did it because, Hey, look, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. And look at all the favor I get by like, yes, getting married and starting a life. And, and, you know, for 10 years or so, it was pretty darn good. Right. And then it wasn't, you know, because my, I was getting eaten up alive. And then as I watched that starting, you know, to affect my own children, and realizing if I, if I continue yeah. to do this, A, not that I ever considered suicide, but right. I wouldn't have put it out of the equation yeah. if I didn't step into my truth, you know? And some yeah. people are like, oh, you, what's that step into your truth thing? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm going to argue that we all have our truths. Yeah. And I know, I'm, I know for sure, because I have had these conversations. The reason I paused was I want to make sure I'm saying this the way I want to say it. I know for sure my daughters would not be who they are had they not gone through this experience. They're open-minded. They're strong. They're very, um, just very insightful women. Right. They don't take their position in life lightly as a woman. And I feel like, you know, I'm not saying because of me and my husband, it's all about them because their mother has played obviously some impact in that too but I see the beauty of how they look at life through a different lens. Yeah. Yeah. And they, then they advocate, you know, especially my youngest one, she's like, <laughs> she's little miss advocate troublemaker at times. And I love that about her. I also sometimes go, okay, well that's great, but you might want to like understand you got to like make room for stuff. Right. Right. But um, no, it's very powerful. And that's why I really wanted to have this conversation with you because I felt like, as a parent who, who's got a couple of children playing in this world, A, there's insights you have, there's feelings you've experienced, there's challenges you've faced, and to help somebody else, even if there's somebody listening who's like, yeah, my parents would never sound like Zach, that's okay. Yeah. I hope you take something from this that there are parents out there who are like, okay, this can be. And sometimes it's just hearing a parent who can be that way that can give you the strength to go, I'm going to make it. I am going to make it. And and I'll tell you what, I, you know, this was a journey for me and I'm, you you, you know, you know, you know what it's like, right? Like I said, I was born in 67 when I was a kid, you know, the the worst insult you could say about somebody was they were gay, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, or they're a fag, a fag, what fag was a biggie. You know, and I didn't really know an out of the closet gay friend until I was in my late twenties, and yep. you know, I just didn't know anything about this world, and um, it, you know, it, and and when 
when I was in my late thirties, I remember, you know, my wife had some friends who were lesbians and I remember taking my eldest child at the time who was, yeah, two or three, two or three to a gay pride parade because the town we lived in had a nice little gay pride parade. Sorry. No, it wasn't even that. It was, yeah, maybe it was a gay pride parade and there were some demonstrators, some, some demonstrators who were anti-gay demonstrators. And um, my kid asked about it and I said, well, those are people who don't think that everybody should be able to marry or live in happiness like our friends, you know, these, these people. And I had to explain it because I couldn't figure out why anybody wouldn't want everybody to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's sort of the way we tried to raise our kids. Yeah. And then when, you know, when, when uh, the first the eldest and then the other, the, the daughter came out of the closet, it was natural, but there was work involved. We had to, we had to think about it, but here, you know, here's the thing. Is it worth, first of all, what are you going to gain by, by fighting it, by, mm-hmm. by, by trying to do like, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to say, Hey, don't follow your truth. Don't follow your sexuality, right? And then even, you know, so there's no, there's no benefit in trying to fight it. And why? Like, what do you, like, like you started off the conversation, how does this impact me negatively? You know? So, and I, and I think that's, a, that's the message I would give all parents. How is this possibly going to impact you negatively? Why, why, do anything but show your kids love and embrace them over this well and also how is this going to impact you positively yeah you know it it, it's an eye-opening experience and again coming from my own world as a gay man and then watching my daughters you know figure this stuff out it it taught me patience yeah it taught me understanding it taught me not to get hung up in my own interesting sexuality you know, conundrums. And, you know, I realized how much even as open-minded as I am, yeah, I have dreams for my kids, but Hey, if they, you know, end up being with a certain person or people, and that's what makes them happy. This is where I felt my own dad step into my world and go, you're being as big an asshole as he is, Rick. So knock that shit off, you know? (laughs) And, um, you know, now it's, it's definitely interesting to, you know, see the conversations that I'm able to have with my parents at this point, yeah. you know, they're up in up, not up in years, but they're mid seventies. So, you know, there's still some stuff and, and to see the openness that has occurred just because sometimes, and this is, I guess the message like you that I'd love to leave anybody who's struggling or anybody who's a parent that may be struggling is Sometimes it's just allowing things to like be instead of trying to force your way into understanding, just be with it and start to see what happens, be with it and start to see how much you learn, how much you can be a part of their world, even if you just don't quite get it. Yeah. And and you know what, then there are going to be things Look, I'll tell you one of the things with a non-binary kid is you are going to make missteps. Yep. You're going to mess up your pronouns. You're going to mess up the terminology. Um, you know, and I'm I, and you don't want to really piss off your kid, right? But you end up doing what you can to try and avoid that, and you learn. You know, you you and 
teenagers are full of all sorts of problems even a even a you know a straight hetero cis whatever uh teenager is just full of problems and hormones and changes and doubts so you add to that a gender identity issue and all of that you're going to deal with even more stress and you just got to suck it up and deal with it because you're the adult you're the you're the adult in the relationship and uh and you got to suck it up and deal with it and 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 there's nothing to be gained by you know going by by trying to push or change anything on this yeah yeah it's very cool well, thank you, Zach, for being part of this kickoff well, conversation, you know, into Pride. We're literally kicking this off middle of May because I always enjoy Pride season and I wanted a couple of run-up conversations before we get deep into Pride Month. And Zach has been somebody that I've just known I could have a great conversation with and really explore this about what it means to be a parent and open your heart, open your mind and learn about yourself as well as learning about your kid. It's never going to be perfect. <laughs> I don't think anybody, I don't think it says that in the handbook, that parenting is perfect. So, um, but um, anyway, thank you, my friends, so much for sharing, being who you are, letting your kids be who they are in the world and sharing your truth with my audience. I so appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for having me, Rick. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about and you just might help change your life. In fact, if you really want to change your life, We'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted, and never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.